to Inside the Castle, the podcast that goes behind castle doors to have real conversations with real people about solving the nation's toughest challenges. I'm one of your hosts for today, Lauren Mike. And I'm Aaron Schneider. Today we have two guests joining us to talk about the recent changes to the Continuing Authorities Program, CAP. With us today are Amy France, who is a Senior Policy Advisor at Headquarters, and Nathan Campbell, who is a District CAP Program Manager. Thank you both for joining us here today. Glad to be here. Yeah, you bet. The CAP program is a series of authorities for smaller projects with the intent of implementing these quickly. For years, both our partners and internal staff have been saying we need to make changes to how CAP is implemented. And the Assistant Secretary of the Army Civil Works recently signed a number of delegations pertaining to the program. Amy, could you tell us about these delegations and really what they mean to the organization? Sure. So the delegations, originally, uh, we were looking at ways to streamline. And a part of this administration's activities has also been to delegate down, whether it's contracting actions, other types of delegations within the organization. And so the Corps went to the Secretary's office to talk to him about how we can improve our timing with our feasibility studies under CAP and those decision documents. And so we went to him under a Section 14 guise, which is the Emergency Stream Bank Protection. Um, and, And he asked us the question, well, why not all of them? So that really led to a lot of, a little bit of scrambling on, on our part as headquarters, but to say, yeah, that, that makes the path to make sense test anyway. Um, but then we also looked at process changes. So we, we were looking both external, but also internal with the actual cap processes, the cap elements, how you go through a study. And, and we looked to try and find those differences of, of where we could shave off some time because Caps are supposed to be small, somewhat simplistic, easy, because we already have that delegated authority. We don't have to go to Congress for that authority. So we looked at a lot of different ways that we could both delegate some of of the authorities down, but also improve and streamline the, the process of getting through that decision document. Great. Thank you, Amy. That makes sense. And and so, Nate, as a program manager at a district, what will these changes mean to you, and and how um, do you see these being implemented going forward? Sure. So the changes for a district, for our district in particular, mean that, you know, we have the ability to better serve our sponsors and deliver quicker, more efficient projects. That's been kind of the gripe with CAP with, with our sponsors is that even getting through a study takes a while. You know, and the study is not the product. What the sponsor cares about is the is the project itself. You know, the actual changes, the stream bank stabilization, the environmental restoration project that they've been after for a long time. So, that's really what they care about. You know, they they certainly want a quality project and understand the steps that the core needs to take to get there. But but really, these changes allow us to better serve our sponsors by putting the decision making you know in the district's hands, where you know we're the ones communicating back and forth with the sponsor. The sponsor, for their sake, have no idea who an MSC is or who headquarters is. And so, you know, we're able to uh, to gain some trust there with them by allowing the district to make those decisions. But, you know, from a district level as well, it puts a lot more responsibility on the district, certainly by taking out that MSC level of, of review and, and policy policy review. So, you know, it's it's going to require districts to put a bigger effort into ensuring quality of the documents. And hopefully uh, districts across the core kind of understand that. And, you know, it's not just going to be status quo. There's a lot more riding on every one of these decisions because we're not going to the MSC. So 
we really need to get in or get our stuff in order, you know, get organized, get policies kind of refined and uh, figure out how we're going to execute these things while still ensuring quality. Um, additionally, one of the main things is that it's not these, these delegations aren't cutting out the MSC by any means. Um, so we need to ensure that the MSCs are still comfortable with every decision that we're making. So, you know, where there's, there's still that constant communication back and forth because the MSCs are owning these projects just as much as we are. Great. Yeah, that makes sense. So you talked about some of the benefits to the district as well as the sponsor of these changes and, and how it will impact the MSCs. Amy, from your perspective, what are the benefits, particularly for these changes that will be realized by headquarters? I think it's going to be a more efficient development of our program. You know, a lot of these changes are going to cut weeks out of the schedule. So we'll be able to get those projects moved into that construction phase, which is, is really what we need to focus on because that's where the core and the rubber meets the road, so to speak, is our construction capabilities. And so I think the efficiencies for that are realized uh, just from that streamlining of that process. Uh, really, again, empowering down. That's been this administration has been really uh, looking at powering down, make those decisions in the field where they need to be. As, as Nate mentioned, you know, we were the boots. They are the boots on the ground, not myself since I'm at headquarters, but they're the boots on the ground and, you know, they know the sponsors and, you know, so we're, we're very excited to get this rolling out. Again, it's, it's going to take a little bit of time and adjustment for everybody uh, to get through, but we're actually getting ready to put some guides up on the planning toolbox, some how-tos, some processes, uh, just to make it a little bit more clear on, on what what you'll be need to do from a field perspective. Thanks, Amy. So, you know, in talking about this, so the delegations and really the, you know, delegations lead to trust or you need to have trust to do the delegations. I'm sure there were some concerns, uh, you know, about these delegations in general and, and kind of what methods did we put in place or processes to really ensure that the districts have the accountability um, when they're making these decisions, you know, so headquarters and the MSCs can trust that, you know, the decisions that are being made are, you know, consistent with policy and, you know, the right approach for the agency. Well, one, we, one thing we did do is, is, you know, the federal interest determination can be delegated down to the district planning chief. However, the MSC still controls the money. So there's a little checkpoint there, you know, uh, from a standpoint to make sure we've dotted our I's, crossed our T's. But again, it's still have a little bit of a finger on the pulse. Um, but not necessarily having that full overblown oversight, so to speak. The other thing is that each MSC will be instituting an audit process program to, so the districts can elect to have this uh, delegated authority. Um, they'll need to show both from a planning and engineering and office council that they have the staff that knows these CAP projects, they know the, the programs very well, that would allow the MSC to say, yes, please go forth and do good things. Um, and, and it'll be required check-ins after that. Once the district perhaps gets certified in a certain number of authorities, they may have to renew that certification every two to three years, depending on uh, how their leadership is set up in that specific district. So there's going to be checks and balances. You know, we obviously want this to be a success story of powering down those decisions, 
But there are some checks and balances. You know, we do need to make sure that we follow those authorities very specifically, that we're not getting outside of that box, you know, making sure that it's within those authorities, that it, again, meets those authorities because, you know, it's not that the headquarters in MSC doesn't trust the district. It's just sometimes, you know, you can have perhaps a pushy sponsor uh, or non-federal interest perhaps that maybe wants a specific job. And it's like, but this is in the Section 14. So, you know, and I've been there, been out in the field, boots on the ground, and you just have to really communicate to your sponsors clearly what these authorities are and what they can be used for. And I think as long as you keep that communication and and task, it, it's really going to help that business relationship and also allow the MSCs, again, to lean down and, and, and say, yes, go forth and do good things with these delegations. Yeah, it, it sounds like, you know, the team did a great job of coming up with a balanced approach that could, you know, balance the ability of the, the districts to make decisions, but also balance the ability of the higher headquarters to, to keep some checks in place. And But even though there, there's that good balance there, you know, any organization changes hard. And I think it'd be fair to say there are probably some bumps along the way in, in getting these delegations in place. And, and Amy, I was wondering, what advice would you have for other teams trying to make change, you know, especially change on, on a programmatic level? Um, are there any certain pitfalls they should avoid or best practices they should try to use to, to make these happen smoothly? Well, I would always communication, 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 communication with your MSC, CAP folks, your planning folks, communication with your engineering folks, with your DPM, with your colonel. Change is hard, and we're a, a large organization, and so it really is trying to push a big boulder uphill sometimes. But I guess, you know, my recommendations would be keep an open mind, um, again, there may be districts that don't feel comfortable with some of these delegations. We are encouraging those delegations as, as much as we can, but really it, it just comes down to communication. Um, if you have questions, call your MSC. If they don't know, they can call us at headquarters. You know, we can, we can call the program manager here at headquarters. So just keep in mind that we're not going to have all the answers or may not have the answer immediately, but we would get back to you. So, again, keep an open mind, keep an open communication line between you and your MSC. And because they've done this before, I mean, they, they know the CAP program. We rolled it out of headquarters, so to speak, down to the MSC's responsibility. So if you have specific questions, definitely uh, encourage that communication. Yes, thank you, Amy. And so communication, you know, I think is also key to trust for what you were discussing previously and, and wanted to get, a, you know, the field perspective on trust aspect of these delegations and these changes. So Nate, do you have some thoughts about that? Yeah, certainly. When we were putting this together, you know, that was, that was kind of the big thing is, is how can we ensure quality and, and, you know, gain that trust between districts and MSCs and headquarters. So kind of the main thing we did is put in the certification of capability, um, which is essentially certifying trust between the MSC and the district. So a district, it's their, it's the district's responsibility to prove to the MSC that they have, you know, the experience and the expertise in place 
to properly execute these delegations. And so that's on the district. So it's the district you know, kind of tasked to ensure that trust with the MSC through the certification process. And then, you know, if, if something bad happens or, you know, there's there's a mess up along the way, which is certainly possible, delegations can be pulled back too. So there's a lot of ability to ensure trust along the along the way, but it really starts with that certification process, the certification of capability that Amy was mentioning. So, Nate, you know, clearly this was a successful effort, but could you just talk a little bit about your experience working on the team that ultimately made these changes a reality? Yeah, it was it was quite the experience, you know, pushing something up all the way to ASA is, was was quite the task, certainly. Um, required a lot of coordination with a lot of different groups. Um, discussing it with Planning Advisory Board was a big step, and I thought it was really beneficial to ensure that there's an MSD perspective within these within the delegations and within the process changes that we were proposing. So getting to that point, to the PAB point, was was really a big step. You know, we put a lot of effort in, into it in the front end, developed, you know, some pretty prescriptive guidelines on how to execute a certification of capability, how to do an auditing process. But what we got from uh, the PAB was that, you know, they wanted, the, the individual MSCs wanted the ability to execute these things on their own and roll these things out how they see fit. And so, and that was, that was totally fine. Um, you know, we still have these examples in place if, you know, people want to want to fall back to them in the future, but um, allowing an MSC to roll it out is, is I think really important. You know, they know their districts best and know, you know, what, what kinds of things they're going to need to see from their districts to ensure that they have the capability to successfully execute these delegations. So getting to that point was kind of the big thing. You know, it was it was just it was quite it was a long process. Um, a lot of different people weighed in on it. I don't know how many drafts Amy we had. It feels <laughs> like it was it was a hundred. But um, you know, just I recently looked back at that first draft and it was like holy cow, uh, just where it started and where it got to. But it was a good process. A, a lot of knowledgeable folks weighed in on it. So I think in the end we got something that was good for execution. I think too. It, it definitely maybe opened your eyes, Nate, and some of the other folks on the team of how we work policy and the machinations and all the checks and balances. You know, it doesn't, you mentioned the PAB, it also had to go through Office of Council, it needed to go through engineering, it needed to go through real estate. You know, this isn't something that we took very lightly. We wanted to make sure that we were making a decision and we tried to make sure we understood the second, third, and fourth order effects of this policy change. So I know it, I know a lot of people in the planning community are saying, we, we need guidance, we need guidance. And it's like, we're working it, but it's, it's not something that you can turn on a dime um, just because of the resource issues. But it, it is very uh, complicated, you know, and then you get the sign-offs between each of those. And so it's very well thought out. So it, it's not something that we're just going to throw out there to say, hey, let's see if this works. We, we really try to look at it from a methodical standpoint to ensure that it passes the make sense test, so to speak, and also is, is good as a whole for the nation. So we, we yeah. really take it seriously when we're, when we're looking at, at these changes. Yeah, and I, I will add the team was very fortunate to have Amy involved. So just, just having Amy there to say we got to talk to this person or we got to bring it to this level, you know, having that experience um, on the team was super helpful. And uh, who knows where we'd be at without Amy. 
Well, and so you've both talked a lot about these changes and how they'll speed up the process from a planning perspective. Um, but earlier, Nate, you mentioned how the sponsors and our partners really want to get to construction and get to that project <clears throat> in the ground. Are there planned um, changes or are there additional changes that you and the team or others will be looking at to improve the design and construction components and to speed those up at all? Yeah, I believe that that is in the future. From what I've heard, I, I we don't have a schedule on that, but uh, hopefully once we get this set of changes kind of rolling, we can start to look at that. But just kind of on that topic, getting through the planning phase, getting us to execution quicker, you know, will hopefully expedite the the actual construction phase of of the program as well. So I mean, like. A lot of the the execution issues come in that you know we're it's difficult to complete a study sometimes with some of these projects you know individual situations sponsor complexities certain things like that so it, it takes a lot to get through a study and that's not even the project like I said I mean it's it's all just working towards and and you know taking care of of certain steps and the the NEPA compliance efforts uh, getting through the planning process except planning process it, it takes a long time and. The longer it takes, uh, the harder it is to get over that hump and into execution. So hopefully if we can expedite the study phase, the feasibility phase of the project, we can start to execute on on the, the design and implementation phase of the program a lot quicker and a lot more efficiently as well. Great. Yeah, I can see how that can really, uh, really help the process overall. And I believe there are some additional changes being considered, um, but that they have not been finalized yet. Could you or Amy talk a bit about those? Oh, I think that, yeah, that was sectional 111 and section 103, I believe, were the, the last two that we're waiting for the secretary's delegation. And then it, uh, additionally, there's the request two-year cap program budget. That was one of the original recommendations. And then also allowing for cap program funding flexibilities. And so allowing funds to be moved from, say, 14 to 205 if there's a shortage. So um, with those, it's a little bit more complicated and how those, you know, can get approved. You know, there's there's going to need to be some, some communication with congressional staff and other higher levels in D.C. At headquarters. So uh, the, the business case is being worked right now. It's going to just take a little bit more, but those are still kind of out there as is potentials and, and hopefully we'll be able to execute them because I do think that there's a lot of benefit in allowing for funding flexibilities between between sections. Some of this like a, a section 206, which you know has has limited funding and Congress doesn't have the ability to to increase the funding. You know maybe there's section 111 where there is like a surplus of funds and it would you know we if we can show that we can execute a 206 project we could move funds across but it's more I guess it's easier said than done but those those two are still being worked yes. Okay great thank you and so you know from a district perspective is there anything you know you want folks to know as these changes are rolled out and implemented that you haven't touched on thus far? You know, off the top of my head, I, I, I guess really, you know, this is going to take a while. And I know just talking to counterparts at other districts, people are pretty excited about it. The DDEs are excited about it. You know, people want to, you know, they see a delegation and, and they want to just move on it as quickly as possible. And certainly our district is no different. 
Um, it's just going to take a thought out process. I mean, if we just jump into this right off the bat, you know, there may be some mistakes down the road. So I think MSDs rightfully so want to be cautious in how they're rolling these out. And so we kind of just need to be patient, but I know that there's an emergency from ASA and, you know, they, they want to see these things through and see them executed. So um, hopefully we can kind of work together and maintain that communication, make these things happen appropriately. Um, another thing I did want to mention is, so the, the certification process between a district and an MSC, um, a district says, you know, we want this delegation, we think we're qualified uh, to execute it appropriately. And an MSC may say, you know, we disagree. We think you guys have a couple things to work on. Part of that process is it's not just a no. So that was another thing that I guess from the district perspective, you know, I thought was was really important is that it's it's not just a no and then that's the end of the discussion. There needs to be some communication as to how a district can improve to reach that level where they can have the their certification of capability um, to execute these delegations. The, the intent of the delegations is that the districts can receive them if they want them. Uh, it's just a matter of what, what improvements a district needs to make to get to that point, which I see as a really important step um, and a really important portion of, of this whole process change uh, documenting this whole, this whole effort is how can we get these districts to have the delegations that they want. So. Great. Thank you. And, and Amy, from, from your perspective, any thoughts? on what you want the core to know core-wide or are your fellow colleagues at headquarters or or those in the MSCs? I think this is good. I mean, we're looking to revolutionize the core. General Semonite, you know, left us in a really good space. We have more coming from General Spellman, you know, on how to continually improve our execution of our mission. And this is just one part of, of the overall that we're really focusing on. Again, communication, if you're in a district and you are confused or have questions, that's what your MSC is for. And if you can't figure it out there, then send it to headquarters and we'll try to help <laughs> as best we can. So um, I think it's, it's really good. I think we have to continue to think about change within our agency to stay relevant. And I think this is just one of those opportunities that came to fruition and, and we're going to be able to get out there and, and get it done. So I'm excited. Yeah, this is a very exciting initiative. It's, it's great to see something that, you know, so many people worked on and resulted in some real change that people can see. So I just want to thank you, Amy and Nate, for joining us today for this edition of Inside the Castle. We appreciate you and your insights on the CAP program. To our listeners, we want to hear from you, what topics are important to you and people you're interested in hearing from. Until next time, be safe, be innovative, and be revolutionary. Thanks for joining us for this Inside the Castle podcast. To provide your feedback, email us at cw-infrastructure.team at usace.army.mil. Stay tuned for additional Inside the Castle podcasts as we explore life inside the core and revolutionize civil works together.